Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Welcome to episode 90 of Private Club Radio. We are creeping up on 100 here. And we're going to do something special for the 100th episode. We're going to ask listeners to call in and just give their candid thoughts about the program. If you want to leave a message and have it played on the 100th episode, go to privateclubradio.com slash inbox and just leave a recording there. You just need to be able to speak into the computer with a microphone or some laptops and things have mics built into them. So that'd be really fun to hear what you have to say about the show. And we'll compile that all together for the 100th episode celebration. We've got a very interesting lineup today for you. We're going to have a master class with Gary Collins of Master Club Advisors. We'll be discussing the role of search firms and seeing how they're now starting to branch out. Search firms are not just for general managers and COOs anymore. But if you've got a position, a managerial position you need to fill, a department head position, it might be a great option. You'll find out why it's so much easier to use a search firm than to go it alone. We're also going to speak with Joe Bendy from the Texas Lone Star chapter of the CMAA. He is the chief operating officer at River Oaks Country Club. We're going to talk about Harvey, Hurricane Harvey and the aftermath and the lessons that were learned during that disaster. So stay tuned. It's going to be quite an entertaining and educating episode for you. Just got back from the Western Outfitters here in Tampa I picked out my first ever pair of cowboy boots, and I think the store associates got a big laugh out of me when the city slicker walked in the door wearing my skinny jeans and my orange Nikes, and uh, (laughs) they were really nice. Helped me pick out my boots because I'm heading to Nashville right after I get done with this show today. Going to be going to the Professional Club Marketing Association's national conference out there in Music City, and I was so excited to be presenting I'm doing a one-day course, a pre-conference education called the Digital Marketing Bootcamp, and I'm going to be talking about some cutting-edge techniques and some digital strategies that I've used not only for my clients, but in my own business to raise my own online profile. And there's some powerful tools I'm going to be showing people. It's going to be a really fun class. And so I want everyone to be able to see this, and I know everybody can't get to the national conference, so I'm going to videotape this and have it available probably on my website here in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that because there's some things changing in the world of especially search engine optimization and search presence online that you've got to pay attention to. There's some really big things happening. And I I really equate it to if you were, if we were back in 2000, 2001, 2002 before Google, And I could tell you then that what Google was going to be and what that was going to do for your business or for your club, that we are standing on the edge of something just like that right now. And I've got the keys. I've done the research. And it's really interesting. It's really scary. But now is the time to really take advantage of it, get out ahead of everyone else. And uh, we'll be able to leave your competition in the dust. So look out for that in the coming months. I'm going to be offering the digital marketing bootcamp as a digital download. Funny enough, right? It's all digital and uh, it should be a fun time. So really looking forward to Nashville and wearing those boots anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to move on to the, the interview portion of the show. 
Once again, thanks for being here on the 90th episode. And without further ado, let's bring on Gary Collins of Master Club Advisors. And now it's time for your monthly masterclass presented by Master Club Advisors. Well, welcome to another edition of Masterclass presented by Master Club Advisors. On the phone with me today is Gary Collins, partner at Master Club Advisors. Gary, how are you doing, man? I am spectacular, Gabe. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, Life is good here in Florida. We're recovering from the storms, as you know, but we were really very lucky. You know, a few down trees and a little loss of power, and for for me particularly, but for the state, as you know, particularly even on your side, it's it's been a blow to the state. Some people in St. Petersburg, like my father, had it out for a week. I only was lucky enough to, it was only down for about 12 hours, so I got really lucky there. How long was it down for you over on your side? Uh, very short for me. I was only out a few hours, but uh, in 2004, when we had back-to-back hurricanes, I was out for 10 days. And for our audience who don't go through hurricanes, the uh, the, the aftermath of the storm is worse than the storm. You know, no gas, no power, yep. 10, 12 days. It's brutal. I will say I've checked with a number of the clubs in the area, and most of the clubs on this side of the state have fared fairly well. I've talked wow. to a shawl at uh, mm-hmm. Frenchman's Creek and John at... Uh, uh, admirals and everybody said, you know, down trees and a few issues, but by and large, the clubs are in pretty good shape. That's amazing. Very lucky. Yeah, for sure. And we got spared here on the West coast, obviously. Uh, it just turned East right at the last second. So we got, we got really lucky there. Well, Gary, you're right in the middle of your symposium series. In fact, as, as this is airing, you're right in the middle of uh, the great clubs of the South there in Little Rock. And the next one coming up is October 22nd and 23rd, the gated communities symposium that you're holding with club benchmarking. Can you tell folks about that one, Gary? Oh, indeed. Uh, Listen, uh, satellite view first. Uh, You know, Master Club Advisors has been doing these symposiums for over 20 years, and uh, they've been absolutely incredible, uh, really primarily because of the attendees. The guys come, there's great networking. They have historically learned as much from each other as from the speakers. I mean, they've been incredible Uh, for the last uh, 20 years. But Club Benchmarking is our new partner this year, and they have really poured some resources into this, bringing in nationally renowned speakers and best-selling authors, and and the symposiums have been absolutely incredible. Uh, HR, we just completed. Clubs of the South will be going on when this is aired. And uh, Gated Club, October 22nd through 23rd, this is a great series. Uh, the gated clubs really share a lot of common traits, and there's a lot they learn from being together. And, and uh, it's at three great graded cl- uh, gated clubs. I mean, we're at Admirals. We're staying at Admirals. The rooms there are spectacular. John Herring, the GM there, will take spectacular care of everybody. I mean, they will really, you'll enjoy staying at Admirals. And we're meeting at Ibis and Marisol. And those are you know, uh, when we're doing a symposium about gated clubs, we're at three of the best gated clubs in the country. And the agenda is just chock full of really good stuff. Steve Donahue is a, a great speaker and author and uh, incredible. Uh, his uh, one of the leading authorities on change and leadership. I mean, I think guys are going to really enjoy hearing from him. And Ray is doing uh, 
Ray Cronin with Club Benchmarking is starting to collect new data about real estate, not just about club operations, but about real estate values. I think this is going to be something that people in gated communities are going to really be interested in. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a, a heck of a conference. And if you want to sign up for that, you can do that over at the Club Benchmarking site. So it's clubbenchmarking.com slash symposiums, and you can register for that one, again, coming up October 22nd through the 23rd. I want to change gears here, Gary, and talk to you a little bit about the advantages of using a search firm. So a lot of times I'm on LinkedIn and I see a club just posting, hey, we have an opening for a general manager. And you know they're doing it maybe organically, trying to find their next manager at their club. But what are the actual advantages of using a company or a search firm like Master Club Advisors, Gary? Well, Gabe, you've had a subject close to my heart, and I can uh, I can go on about this for hours. But I, you know, let me say a few things in general. Um, listen, we all know this. Listen, as GMs, we had to hire and fire, you know, uh, regularly and repeatedly. But uh, one of the things that happens to you is when you're advertising and you're getting a ton of resumes, it's difficult to sort through them and, and really get to the heart of what you want. When you use a search firm, you don't just get who responds to your ad. The people who respond to some of the best people for the positions do not respond to the ad. When you hire a search firm, you get a hunter. We're out there looking. We're calling employed people. Majority of people uh, responding to ads are unemployed people. You want the employed people that are being uh, successful at their present job. And often you don't hear from them. Uh, the cost of a, of a bad hire, as everybody knows, is astronomical, mm-hmm. you know, both financially and emotionally. It, it can be a deteriorating to club morale and, and, and a right hire is, makes all the difference in the world. I mean, it makes, it leads to financial success and, and, uh, quality success. It, it achieves everything you want to achieve. And you, your odds of making a good hire are so much better when you have a search firm involved. And when you consider the cost of a bad hire, our fees are really relatively inexpensive. Gabe, I don't want to go on long-winded about this, but I want to back up and talk about the the advantages applied to hiring a general manager, which is primarily what we do, of course. Mm -hmm. But in recent years, we've seen a lot of GMs start to use us for department head searches. You know, we're doing more and more searches for, I myself in the last year have done an HR director, uh, a golf pro. It, we're we're getting uh, more and more of the department head level positions, and we can really provide a lot of advantages to the GM. We can help them get the best talent out there. Uh, we can help them get talent that drives their revenue. It impacts their bottom line. Uh, we we can save them an enormous amount of time. You know, uh, as a GM, you're so busy. It's so difficult to get to everything in your day. And with our help, we can we can really reduce this and put it in a format that makes, makes it so much easier and less time consuming for you to find the right guy. Yeah. It's got to, you got to, not everyone can know everything about every subject. So you might not know the questions to ask, I would think, or, you know, what are the key qualifications to each and every position out there? So having a search firm seems like it's, it's, it's really a no brainer to me. I think you're right. And listen, nobody, the, many of us came up to the food and beverage side as chefs or F and B managers, or some of us came up to the golf side as golf pros. We know our own discipline, but we don't necessarily know the other disciplines you know, as well as we know our own. And it is an advantage that 
you know, when we deal with all these, we get more information about it. But the true advantage really is that we are out there hunting for the right candidates for you, not just reviewing resumes. Many GMs really have a pretty broad set of skills and knowledge and even have knowledge in the discipline they didn't come up in. Mm -hmm. They came up as a golf pro, but they still have through the years learned food and beverage. And and so they have the ability to do the search. It's just that we bring the ability to them to reduce the amount of time that's involved in that search and to really find candidates that fit, not just candidates that are answering ads. Mm -hmm. The candidates answering ads are often not the candidates you want. The really good candidates are often not looking. So when you search firm, we're out there hunting for those good candidates for you. I love it. I love that. Um, what are what are some of the what I guess maybe break it down for us how it works for people who have never used a search firm, Gary? Is it that you give them you know three or four top candidates for them to then go ahead and interview just those three people? Do you give them a wider range and let them kind of pick from it? How does it generally work? Break break it down for us. Great question, and we put, uh, we will provide to anybody who's interested a uh, an outline of how our our system works. But listen, every club is unique and your search should be unique. But by and large, we're going to, the first thing is to really understand your club and what you're looking for. So we spend a lot of time just talking to you, your department heads, your board, whoever you want us to talk to. We, we need a very clear picture of your culture in order to find the person that's the right fit. It isn't just skill sets. You know, it isn't just that the chef has extraordinary culinary ability. He needs to fit your club. So every club's unique. We spend a lot of time developing a profile of what the club's like, which in turn helps us find the candidates. And yes, then we go out and search and we uh, put into a format references, salary history. We give you a lot of information, but we narrow that down from hundreds of uh, applicants and people that weren't even applicants that we've called. We cut that down to seven or eight people and then try and and work with you to cut that down to three or some smaller number, three to five, whatever you're comfortable with for interviews. Mm -hmm. Now, at the board level, most people really want to just see the top five or so. Sometimes GMs want, if we're doing a department head search, want to see a few more of those to look at them. But we start with a, we just, we funnel it down. We start with a large fill and narrow it down for you. Yeah. When I, last person, a few people that I've hired here in my own business, you know, I had to cull through 50 to a hundred resumes. Then I had to narrow it down, make phone calls to the top candidates. Then I had to have them come in. Then I brought them back again for a second interview. And it was, it was quite a process, really, really time consuming for a board of directors, I would think, or for a owner of a golf club out there. So what, what, Talk, talk to us about the time-saving feature of, of, of what a search firm can do for folks. No question, Gabe. Listen, it's, it's appropriate that it should take you a long time to hire employees for your company. It's the most important decision that you make. But you'd like to use your time wisely and efficiently. And listen, getting reading a thousand resumes of guys who say, I used to be an undertaker, but I want to be a golf <laughs> pro. I like to play. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is not a good use of your time. Right. The way we really save you time is we cull through so much of that for you and get it down to the real cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Now, it's still going to be time consuming for the board and for the uh, GM. I mean, uh, you know, that's the saying you've heard it a million times, uh, hire slowly, fire quickly. I think we go the opposite mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we hire too quick because we're in a hurry and we need the golf pro tomorrow. 
and we don't get the right guy. Right. It should be time consuming. It should take time. It's the most important decision you make. But working with a search firm, we will make the time you use on this search firm very productive. You won't be wasting a lot of time sifting through useless stuff. You will be dealing with the real meat of the issue and we will cut your time to literally 20% of what it would have been had you done it on your own. Yeah. Awesome stuff there, Gary. Well, uh, I definitely recommend, again, people check out Master Club Advisors and uh, see what they can do for their club. Gary, as always, a pleasure to have you on here. And I can't wait to have you back here in a couple months and talk to you about what's going on. Gabe, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. And I'm so glad that uh, so many of us in Florida came through the hurricane. You know, we had some difficulties. I've talked to a number of the clubs around here, a lot of down trees. I've talked to some of the clubs on your side of the state. But listen, all things considered, we came through this. Uh, we're very lucky to be uh, on the other side of this. And uh, I think we're all on the road to recovery and happy about it. That's right. That's right, Gary. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time here on another edition of Masterclass presented by Master Club Advisors. Thank you, Gabe. Always a pleasure, my friend. To learn more about Master Club Advisors, visit them on the web at masterclubadvisors.com and join us next month for another Masterclass. And now... It's time for Club Perspectives, presented by the National Club Association. Today, I'm joined by Joe Bendy. He is the Chief Operating Officer at River Oaks Country Club in Houston, Texas. Joe, welcome to Private Club Radio. Thank you. Good morning. So first off, you guys just went through a really horrific storm there, something catastrophic uh, as Harvey came through. Can you tell us what that was like, Joe? Well, uh, unfortunately, not uncommon in our area, uh, dealing with hurricanes and tropical storms uh, along the Texas Gulf Coast. Um, but, you know, the, the, probably the most important thing when you when you look at a, an event like that coming uh, to your area is preparation. Um, and in our case with the club, uh, it's a ex- pretty extensive um, process. It's pretty detailed, and it takes the team um, to get that accomplished. So, uh, being aware of what's happening, uh, aware of what can happen, kind of knowing where your uh, most likely uh, points are uh, to have issues, uh, and being ready—that's uh, typically our main focus. Did you have a disaster prepare preparedness plan in place before this happened? Uh, we do. We have a, a very extensive, what we call an emergency uh, action plan, covers everything from issues like hurricanes to. Floods, uh, which we also get in Houston on, a, unfortunately, a regular basis, yeah. uh, to bomb threats, to active shooters, um, you know, a wide variety of items that we uh, have planned for. Um, and the hurricane portion, unfortunately, is probably the thickest portion of our plan. Sure. Wow. Um, you had a couple days there. You knew it was coming. You know, did you have enough time in your mind in order to, to make everything ready and get all the preparations in place? Yeah, I think we do. Um, our our plan actually activates on a on a an advanced uh, plan of three different of three days. So um, what we actually do is the beginning of you know April or May, uh, we actually go through our plan from the previous year and uh, update it and make sure all the things that we can do in advance are already uh, completed. From gathering supplies, you know, from batteries to personal protective equipment to making sure all of our employee information is updated, cell phones personal emails. Um, that's all done well in advance of hurricane season, which, be, which begins in June. 
So when we do make an election to activate our plan, which is, again, it's a three-day prep prior to anticipating landfall, uh, we have already done all of the things um, that allow us just to focus on prepping our facility, uh, which is, it's, again, it's an extensive list. Every department has a checklist um, that begins three days out. So yeah, um, in, in our case, yeah, we had, we had, pl- we had plenty of time. That's good, uh, but it's good, good that you had that plan because I can't imagine if you didn't what, what it would have been like. What's the aftermath been since since these last couple of weeks have after the storm? Well, you know, fortunately, River Oaks Country Club did not receive significant damage during the storm. Um, we were, were were blessed in that regard. Uh, our golf course received a considerable amount of water, uh, the, the highest level of water ever recorded. Um, on our property, and I would say throughout most of the city of Houston, the rainfall was significant. We received over 32 inches of rain wow. um, on our property in probably you know 36 hours, uh, and some parts of Houston received close to 50 inches of rain. So um, our neighboring clubs were not as lucky uh, as us. One club literally went underwater, uh, both their entire golf course and every building they have on property has water damage. Um, yeah, but we again, we were, we were pretty fortunate. I can't even imagine that much rain falling. We just, I'm in Tampa and we just experienced um, Irma, but luckily it kind of scooted past us and only hit us as a category one. And we didn't have a whole lot of rain, just some down trees and things and power off. But I can't even imagine 50 or 60 inches of rain. I don't yeah, think fortunately, again, with, with, and we were fortunate. We, we didn't lose power. That's great. So uh, is the course back up and, and running or, or how long do you think it will be until that happens? We have, we have one hole that was probably under 20 feet of water. Oh my um, we have another hole that had water on it for two weeks. Uh, so we are, we have uh, 15 holes that are currently playable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my guess is that, you know, one of the holes won't be playable until next summer. Wow. Uh, just because of the amount of damage to the hole. That's incredible. That is incredible. What are some of the lessons that you learned specifically from Harvey, this particular storm, or what would you do differently next time around, Joe? You know, since this was mainly a rain event, I guess what we didn't really anticipate was the inability to move around the city of Houston. You know, we're the fourth largest city in in the United States, and we were at literal gridlock um, beginning on Tuesday when most people felt, I'll say, comfortable enough to get out. I tried to make it to the club on a Monday, um, and there was, you know, seven and eight feet of water over um, Interstate 10. There was eight to 10 feet of water over Interstate 610 and the access road. So the inability to, to move around the city was something that uh, we're not used to. And not able, being not able to get staff to the club for three days. We actually had staff on property that was here for you know basically five days. They couldn't even leave. So I would put a larger force on property um, to be able to address things that came up um, during the storm. Uh, those people that were here I mean, did a phenomenal job. But unanticipated was the ability or inability, in this case, to get to the property, make observations, get your staff in, you know, that are coming a significant distance away yeah. from the club to begin to make repairs and address issues. Wow, that's it's, that's wild. Has it has it really been a coming together of, of local clubs there in order to you know help each other all out? How's it been that way? You know, it's 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 been exceptional. Um, our membership started a donation center here at our club for our impacted employees, and we we're we we're fortunate. We had less than forty employees that were impacted by um, the storm. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a number of catastrophic losses, and have a number in the middle, and a number of individuals that were less. But you know, speaking with most people, you know, about ten percent of their labor force was impacted in one way or another wow. um, by Hurricane Harvey. Uh, but our clubs did come together. Uh, we were able to reach out to neighboring clubs um, and open up our donation center to their 
uh, employees. Because again, some of these clubs were underwater. They couldn't really do much for um, their staff. So we were able to help out, give them clothing, food, uh, cleaning supplies were in, were in great need. Uh, so we were able to do that. And then we also had some friends of ours from Arizona, uh, specifically uh, from Desert Mountain and from Desert Highlands. Um, they came together, um, created uh, um, a Clubs Helping Clubs campaign um, out in Scottsdale. Damon DiOrio headed that up mm-hmm. and uh, put together literally a 30-foot truck full of supplies, water, clothing, food, you know, socks, everything you can think of. Uh, and then a trailer behind that and hauled it down to Houston. We distributed most of those supplies um, in one day, uh, I guess about two and a half weeks ago. Well, so it has been a big coming together. People truly helping people out. Yeah. It's amazing to see when that happens, when anytime a disaster hits, how people really band together. It's it's, it's a great uh, to see. Now, speaking of that, the National Club Association has really spearheaded the effort in terms of uh, sending donations to the Texas Lone Star chapter and Henry Walmire is leading that charge. How can folks at this point help out? And is there is there still help needed there in the Houston area clubs? I would say yes. Um, we did set up a, a donation fund through the Texas Lone Star chapter, and the, the board of directors of the chapter is uh, triaging the list of needs and then making you know financial contributions to those impacted. And uh, there's there's going to be a need for a long time. Uh, you know, Houston may be off the news given you know, Hurricane Irma and, and then Hurricane Maria that just, you know, slammed into Puerto Rico again. But the need here is, is real and it's, it's significant and it's going to continue for a long time. Um, it'll be, you know, a, a year or two, I think, before the city gets back to some sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. uh, specifically those employees that were impacted. Uh, you know, many of these homes that were, were flooded don't have flood insurance. They've, they've never flooded before. Uh, so yeah. the need's going to continue for a while and, and monetary donations are going to be able to help people get back on their feet. Yep. And um, it's, it's been weird just to see how the media shifts because they're always chasing the next storm or the next, you know, big news Absolutely. thing. And, and it's almost like we forgot a little bit about it. And so I'm, I'm so glad that National Club Association and some of these other member clubs have really, you know, made sure that the efforts continue on. And Joe, thank you so much for joining me on this, on this episode. And I uh, hope to speak to you again here on Private Club Radio down, down the line there. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And greatly appreciate uh, your support. And obviously that of Henry and the NCA, um, their contribution and their ability to get our message out was extremely helpful to all the employees um, in the clubs in Houston that have been impacted. Fantastic, Joe. Good luck with all the recovery efforts down there. Great. Thank you. To learn more about the National Club Association, please visit nationalclub.org. All right, there you have it. What a great show that was. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Hope to see you back here on Private Club Radio next week for episode number 91. We're getting closer to that 100 number. Don't forget between now and let's say a couple weeks from now, make sure to go to privateclubradio.com slash inbox and leave me your candid thoughts. I'd love to hear from you and find out what you like about the show. What you don't like, that's fine too. Put it on there. If you want to sing a song, a jingle, if you want to tap dance... (laughs) Well, we can't see you tap dance, but you know what I mean. Have some fun with it. Privateclubradio.com slash inbox. Would love to hear from you. I'll catch you back here next week. Until then, here's to your membership success.